Okay, welcome to the Chiropractic Freedom Show once again, where every single week I'm interviewing masters, healers, leaders inside and outside of our profession. Um, and we are very blessed to have Dr. Clint Steele with us, uh, who's coming from, I think, uh, is it Maine? Maine, United States. Maine, United States. And, um, you know, we, we had a discussion a week or two ago, and, uh, you know, I've been aware of of uh, Clint's work for a while through True Cairo, and I'm sure he's going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but as you know, if you have been following us and any of the work that we're doing, we are all about creating more freedom um, for chiropractors and for their patients. Um, and obviously, the, the the tool we use to create freedom for chiropractors is to build online programs, online coaching programs. But there are many other ways in your bricks and mortar practice that you can create more freedom for yourself. And um, Dr. Clint is an expert in this, specifically um, around uh, the subject matter we're going to talk about today, which is retention. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't care where you are on the chiropractic philosophical spectrum. I would say the vast majority of chiropractors do believe that chiropractic should be part of a healthy lifestyle. And uh, if that's what you believe and that's what you communicate to your practice members, then having a high PVA or a good retention of, of practice members is a measurement of the success of what you're doing. Um, so it makes sense from a, a philosophical point of view, from an impact point of view on your practice members, from a business point of view. So, um, you know, for me, anything that's going to positively affect PVA for, for a doctor is going to be a great thing. So we're going to get into it uh, in a little bit. But Dr. Clint, please tell us a bit about yourself, your background, how you got to where you are and what you're doing right now. And then we'll get into it. Well, first off, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. And I love, I love the name of this, uh, of this show, this podcast, man. Um, it's all about freedom, right? It's all about freedom, not only for us as chiropractors, but, but for, for the world, right? And, and what's going to give them more freedom than having their health, right? That's ultimately what it comes down to, because I don't care if it comes to relationships or your wealth, like you could be the wealthiest person in the world. If you don't have your health, you you can't enjoy it. you you can't enjoy the freedom that that wealth brings you. Same thing yeah. with a relationship. So, anyway, you asked me to introduce myself. I, I, I went on a tangent there. My name is Dr. Clint Steele. I, I'm a chiropractor. I'm a, what I call a brain-based chiropractor, and we'll get into that if you want. Uh, but basically, what I do is I save lives. I and I teach docs how to save more lives, and we can get into that as well. But I'm from uh, I'm from Maine, um, like you said, Maine, United States. And uh, I've been in practice for 27 years, uh, minus three years, which we can get into that story, but um, just love and life. So that's me. Oh, perfect. Perfect. And I, I mean, and let, let's get straight into it. We're talking about PVA. We're talking about retention. If there are people that are listening to this that don't know what PVA is, patient visit average, it's, you know, roughly how long your practice members hang around for you know, and, and use your services. And if you're in a wellness model and a, and a you know, a op health optimization model, um, it's an amazing measurement. It's something I looked at um, in my entire career when I was practicing. And, and for me, it was, it, if I saw that my PDA was strong, it, it meant that many parts of my, my practice were doing well. And, you know, I'm sure Clint, you'll, 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 mention this i think every a lot of people when they think about pva they look at maybe your re-exams you know how good your re-exams are but um it actually starts i believe you know from the first phone call you know never mind uh, the, the re-exam so you you mentioned some and i've heard this in the industry where, where doctors have got pva of 100 200 
you know, 300. I, I've met these doctors and I think you're one of them. Let's just talk a little bit about that. You know, let, and you can start where you think will be the best place to start. How do doctors get to incredible PVAs like that? Well, let's, let's start with the foundation first in that the industry average for chiropractors is 10. The PVA yeah. is 10. Okay, so, so not only are we talking about a poor healthcare model, but we're also talking about a poor business model, right? Yeah. Because if you look at, let, let's just take Coca-Cola, okay? Everyone knows Coca-Cola. Let's say you just drank a Coke five or six times in your life, and then you never drink a Coke again. Now, from, from a health standpoint, that'd be good, right? But from a yeah. business standpoint, It'd be horrible. Coke would not even be close to where they are now. Same thing. McDo I mean, you can go down the list. McDonald's, Burger King, Pepsi, Coke. I mean, you could Big Pharma. How about Big Pharma? Like how many people are taking their medications every day for years and years and years? I mean, for lifetimes, right? Yeah. Well, why, aren't, why aren't we doing the same thing with chiropractic? And so when I, when I got out of practice for a few years and we can get into that story or, or, or not, but when I got back in eight years ago, I asked myself a very simple question. How does Big Pharma have everyone believing that medication is the answer to their health care and, and believing that they have to take this medication day after day after day after day for the rest of their lives? I said they get into their heads consistently, day in and day out, whether it's newspaper, radio, TV, magazine, it doesn't matter. They're in their heads every single day. And so my, my conclusion was, okay, I've got to get into my patients' heads every single day with the truth, with my truth about health and about chiropractic. And so what I find is this, and, and again, laying the foundation here, going back to your question, the most important thing is chiropractors have to, number one, share their truth, okay, that, that chiropractic is about so much more than just neck and low back pain. And secondly, they've got to stay active in getting into their patient's head day in and day out, whether they're in the office or outside the office. This is like the most crucial thing because this is what's going to you know you hear you hear docs call you know talking about staying top of mind how many times have you come across a patient and they say well you know or not not your patient but you come across someone they say you, you say i'm a chiropractor and they say oh you know I, i've seen a chiropractor before and you say oh who, who'd you see and they're like well crap i, I, I never can't remember, remember their the name. name i can't remember never. their name yeah why is that yeah man it's that's crazy that's horrible Right? That's horrible. Right. I promise you, my patients, whether they've they they're coming in currently or they dropped out of care five years ago, they still remember my name. Why? Because we have systems in place where I am constantly top of mind. OK, well, that, that's I've never really kind of thought about that where where the system is the top of mind. I mean, we all have we've heard of newsletters and emails and all of that. But. To, to what it sounds like you're saying is the system you have is even at a higher level than that. So if you can give us a, maybe some practical examples of what systems you have in your practice so that you are top of mind. I mean, is it emails? Is it social media? Is it phone calls? What's going on? How about all, how about all the above? All, all the of above. them. I thought you were okay. going to say that. Here's the thing. First and foremost, docs need to understand that if you provide value, if you provide value to your patients and even patients that dropped out and to your community that are not even patients, they're going to want to hear from you. Because here's what happens is most chiropractors think, well, I don't want to email my patients, you know, once a week, every single week. I don't want to text my patients, you know, a couple times a week because they're going to think I'm bothering them. 
Yeah. I, I promise you, I promise you, if you provide value, they're going to thank you. Thank you. And we get thank yous from our patients every single week. Thank you for that email that you sent. Thank you for that text message that you sent. It, it like, it totally changed my perception. Like uh, when they come into the office, when they're laying down on the table, you've got two or three minutes, depending on your technique, you've got two or three minutes where you don't have to take the whole two or three minutes, but you better be taking 15 or 20 or 25 seconds to plant the seed about chiropractic being more than just neck and low back pain. You better give handouts when they come in, when they leave the office, not every time, but once a week when they leave the office, they've got some kind of a handout that's providing them some value, some things they can do at home, some something that they can hand to the friend or, or, or family members talking about chiropractic, you know, and, and uh, uh, blood pressure testimonial or, uh, you know, digestive system testimonial or Crohn's disease testimonial, whatever, right? And so the systems that we set up in place was, were this. I, I said to myself, I, I don't have a billion dollar ad budget. So obviously, you know, newspaper, radio, TV, magazine, like that's all out, right? But yeah. I've got face-to-face -face contact, okay? I've got social media. I've got cell phone numbers. I've got email addresses. I cannot tell you how many times I come across a doc who collects an email address from their patient on their intake form and a cell phone number, and then they don't use it. Yeah. Like, why? Why don't you use it? Like, most, yeah, most docs crazy. don't even have it into a, into a platform or into, a, into a, a system that if they, even if they needed to send it out. And then you've got the next level of docs that say, yeah, I've got it in, in you know, something, but I only send an email if, you know, we have to close on a snow day or, or something <laughs> like that. Like, Okay, what's the point, right? Like, like seriously. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, th those are our systems. So we require all of our patients if they accept care with us, they have to follow us on our social media. If they're yeah. on that social media, if they're not, that's fine. But we're our, our big our big one is 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 um, Facebook and starting to be you know starting to move into some others. But it was for a long time Facebook. So ninety nine percent of patients are on Facebook. So you you have to follow us on Facebook. And we don't say you have to follow us, but listen. You know, if you want care here, you know, we ask that you follow us on Facebook. We give a lot of tips and a lot of great information there. And so, yeah, no problem. Like no one says no, right? Yeah, no one says no. S text messages. We send two text messages a week. And most docs say two text messages a week. Yeah. Monday, we send a motivational, uplifting text message that patients love. Okay. Yeah. How many of your patients hate Monday mornings, right? Because they've got a week ahead of them that they hate what they do. And all of a sudden, you connect with them on this on this different level outside of health, outside of physical health, but reaching them at a point where like, holy cow, that really made me feel good. Like that came from my chiropractor. Like that that text message like made me feel good. I get thank yous every week from patients saying, I think that text message was specifically for me, even though it's not. They're like, it felt like it was speaking directly at me, right? And then on Thursdays- and, and I'm sorry, oh, go so ahead, man. I, I'm, ra I'm rambling, yeah. but you, you asked about the system. No, no, no. Go ahead, man. Not at all. Not at all. But uh, what, it, what it reminded me of is that someone said to me a long time ago, is a, is a, a patient may not always remember what you say, mm. but they'll always remember how you make them feel. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's and what you, you, and you're saying there, that motivational feeling. Yeah, that feel. But you know there's a science behind that. Yeah, there's a science behind that. Because, because when you make them feel good, that releases chemicals from the brain, okay, Yeah. that all of a sudden trust, okay, trust is improved, right? There's that connection. It's the same same chemicals that a mother and a baby have, right? When she's breastfeeding, yeah. right? Same thing. 
I'm not going to go, I'm not saying like, you, you know, we're not breastfeeding our patients, but at the same time, like these are the same feel good chemicals that all of a sudden they connect you with that feel good and your name. And it's like, wow, this doc is like, it, it takes you to another level. Absolutely. And uh, what I wanted to ask you was because obviously I'm in the online game and when you're in the online game, you start to, you, you get the perception that all your communication with your clients is going to be online, you know, obviously. So email, uh, Facebook and things like that. And you sometimes forget that the old school kind of things still work. And in fact, today they may work even better because it's not really happening anymore. The, the newsletter, the po the birthday card, I was speaking to a, a great friend of mine and a great online marketer recently, and he said something, and I think he got this from Dan Kennedy. He said, you must always be taking up real estate in your client's home. And what he meant was, if he was speaking to any of his clients and he said to them, can you find something that's from me? Within 30 seconds, they're looking around their desk and they've got something physical that they've gotten from him. Now, do you do something similar? Uh, well, we, we, I love that, by the way. That's awesome. Uh, what we do is we give out every week um, someone that comes in. If they come in for an adjustment that week, they get a handout, okay, a, new, a newsletter. It's just a one page, but it has a nice, a nice image at the top. And then it has some value in there. So what we do in our office is we choose a topic for the week. And everything is based around that specific topic. And we bring it all back to science. We bring it all back with, with, with proof, you know, validity. And we bring it back to the chiropractic adjustment. And it's not not about neck and low back pain, because as you know, I'm I'm about chiropractic needs to be about so much more. So I don't want to yeah. educate them more about neck and low back pain. They already know we do neck and low back pain, right? I want them to understand that, hey, the brain and nervous system also controls your immune system and, and, and everything else. And so we give out a handout. And so, yeah, sometimes it ends up probably in the trash, but sometimes it ends up, you know, on there. I, I've had patients that say, I've, I've saved all these. I've got them on my on my, in my, uh, um, in my office space, you know, in, in my desk. And so they'll save it or sometimes they'll hand it to somebody at yeah. work. And so that leads to more referrals. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the classic example of this, of, of going old school, sometimes Google ads sends you letters in the post marketing Google ads. So the the, okay. the the masters of online marketing are sending you postcards. So they obviously know something that we don't know. So you the the good old fashioned newsletter um, or something like that that's going to take up real estate. Um, I think, like you say, in the, maybe ten years ago, um, everybody was handing out newsletters and people got sick of it. Now nobody's doing that. Everyone's gone online. So by us going slightly more physical again, it's it's cool, like a postcard, getting a birthday postcard. How often and, do you think that happens? Yeah, and, and birthday cards are huge too, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I remember good. when I first, even when I was in my pain-based practice years and years ago, that was that was crucial. Like everyone got a birthday card. And docs, if you've never done this, like this is huge. People will come in sometimes. I, I remember patients coming in, it didn't happen often, but once in a while, like tears coming down their their cheeks saying, You're the only one that gave, got me a card for my birthday. And it's like, oh my gosh, like that, that's like that's powerful, you know? Yeah, powerful. Now, um, just putting on my, my practitioner, uh, practice owner hat, if I'm sitting there now listening to this and I have no systems in place, you know, and I've got a CA, you know, that I've had for 20 years sitting in the front desk, um, and uh, now I think to myself, okay, on Monday morning or Tuesday, I'm going to 
have a meeting with my CA and I'm going to sit down and say, okay, we're putting systems in place. I mean, how do you, how do you manage that? Does, did you bring your CA, you trained her, there's systems, you manage those systems. How did you do it all? <laughs> so for those that don't know my story, um, and I'll just give a real quick background. I was in practice for 17 years. It was pain-based practice, not because I wanted to, but because that's what, that's what paid the bills. And I thought patients would come in. I'd, I figure out how to how to get them to stay longer, and my my PBA my PVA after 17 years was 12, so I was yeah. a little bit a little bit higher than the industry average. So I was like proud of myself, but still 12. I mean, come on, but I was constantly looking for new patients, uh, and so at the end of 17 years, I had 7,000 patient files uh, in 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 my in my office, and I still needed more new patients to pay the bills. <laughs> right? That's that's ludicrous, and so I quit. I got back in three years later, I was selling Kirby vacuum cleaners door to door. That's how bad I didn't want to get back into chiropractic. And finally I, I came home after about three or four months and told my wife, I said, we're getting back into chiropractic, but this time we're going to focus on the brain and nervous system. So um, I, it, what, what I'm getting at here is I didn't have a CA. I, I went from zero to 500 patient visits a week in six months. I started with a thousand dollars. I was broke thousand dollars, 750 square foot office space. I went from zero to 500 patient visits a week in six months focused on the brain and nervous system. This is what happens when, when you move away from the pain model, right? Your, your practice explodes. But I did that all without any in-office staff, okay? No in-office staff. So going back to what you said, yeah, I had to, I had to make sure my systems were, were in sync and, and worked very well. And so uh, my wife at the time was doing some educational work at the university. She has her master's degree and she came in and finally, she starts seeing this explosion. She says, I want to be part of this. And so um, she came in and she helped me develop this because her, her again, she's in communication and how people learn and, and the whole thing. And so we set up the, we set up the system. So the first thing you need to do is get an email system. If you don't have an email system, hopefully your your uh, your uh, in office you know system has that. I think Cairo Touch might have something like that, you know, yeah. what, whatever they have. But you, you got to have an email system. You've got to collect emails. And then you've got to get in the system, um, start start um, getting cell phone numbers. And if you want, again, you don't have to do this because it's it's presumed in the States. I don't know how it is where, where you're at, but it's presumed that if they give you this information, you can use it yeah. not, to, not to market, but for educational purposes, right? As yes, part, of, yes. part of care plan. And so you want to get their cell phone number and then you want to find a texting service. Again, your system might have that already. If it doesn't, you need to go out and find them. You can Google it and, and you can find programs like that. Um, and then and then just start, if, if you want to hand it over to your CA, make sure that you know that the content that they're putting out is, is what you believe and what you want your patients to believe, right? Because if you're moving more and more towards wellness and, and brain-based chiropractic care, you you hire someone that that thinks chiropractic is about pain, then that's what it's that's what they're going to get. Yeah. It's it's not it's it's not going to increase your PVA. Yeah, uh, it's just going to ingrain on them that hey, I just have to go to this doc when I'm in pain, right? Which we want to get away from. Um, but anyway, that's kind of like the start of, of how it would how it would go. And then and then again, what we did was um, we set in systems where they they were required to, you know follow us on social media. So our social media for that week is all, all around. So we choose a topic for the week. Um, we do the research, we get, we get the, uh, the research back. So if anyone questions, uh, it's not us saying this, this is what the research says, right? And so you're backing yourself there. 
because uh, we don't want to go out and claim anything that we can't we can't prove, right? Um, we don't want to go down that path. Um, and then and then just you know start start setting up. So we set up an email once a week on Wednesdays. We set up our text messages on Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, social media posts every single day. Uh, we've got our table talk. So every single day of the week, we've got a 15, 20 second script while the patient's on the table that we will uh, plant the seed about that specific topic in, in chiropractic. And we'll use different methods for that. We had, we had different things. And then we put together our, um, again, my wife did some of this too outside the office. She would, she would put together the newsletter and then I'd print it up and, and hand that out as patients were coming in and, and leaving. So that's kind of the basis for it. Now, what happened was we had a number of docs say, hey, I don't want to do all this. Can we, can we, can you do it for us? And so we developed a system where we actually do this for docs uh, from, from where we're at. It looks like it comes from the doc, but we handle all, all the, all the legwork ourselves. And it's for a price less than what you would, you would end up paying for your, for your CA to do it. But man, I mean, if I was in, if, if I was still in practice, um, I would bite your hand off for that uh, because you know <laughs> to, to to delegate that um is is just incredible so i mean we're going to have your details um uh, under this video and also in the podcast as well for people to get hold of you and uh but i mean before we we head off one of the things i wanted to talk to you was about was neuroinfinity um um again when i was in practice i was very interested in how chiropractic could use objective measurements to show improvement and how we could have better reliability and reproducibility using technology. And um, I did play around with a few things and used a few things in practice. But why don't you give us the basis of what the neuroinfinity is and what it does? Yeah, so I'm talking a lot about brain-based chiropractic, right? And so mm -hmm. if I ask you, if, you ask, if I ask docs that are listening, what system is ultimately chiropractic about? What What, what system? And hopefully the answer comes back. Sometimes I get musculoskeletal, but ultimately chiropractic was, was based on and should be today and in the future should be about the brain and nervous system. Yeah. Taking it to the next level, if we're actually checking the health of the brain and nervous system, it needs to be under stress and then during recovery, adaptability, right? Allostasis. Yeah. So we take, so for the docs that don't know the term allostasis, it actually takes homeostasis to the next level. Allostasis yeah. is a term that was uh, that came around in the late 1980s. I believe DD and, and BJ and our forefathers would use this instead if it was around then. But basically, what it what it refers to is the ability for the brain and nervous system to maintain homeostasis during stress yeah. and then also during recovery. So this is the adaptability part, and this is the part that a lot of docs think they're well. They may not think they're measuring, but they 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 try to bring it back to this, and and it's not actually true. If you do an x-ray, if you do, um, you know, rolling thermal, if you do, um, even if you do HRV, a lot of times that's not under stress and recovery. So a lot of these measurements you can bring back to, you know, poor brain and nervous system function, but it's not actually measuring brain and nervous system function. And so and, and adaptability the, of it, the adaptability of it. Absolutely. Mm. You, you're, you're measuring the downstream effects of, of a poor brain and nervous system, but um, again, not the adaptability. So what the neuroinfinity does is actually measures at the highest level, the cortex of the brain, the ability for the brain to perceive the environment and then how well that perception then works into communicating to the physiologic function of the body during stress and again, during recovery. So the way I explain it to docs is this, and you, you come in, so a patient comes in and you measure their heart rate, let's say it's 66, 67 beats per minute. 
you're assuming they have a pretty healthy heart, right? But what if the alarm goes off, the fire alarm goes off in the building and their heart rate doesn't go up? Is that a problem? Yes. And let's say it does go up and they, they leave and then let's say it's a false alarm. They come back into to, to your office and they're resting. They, they lay down on the table for 10, 15 minutes and you check their heart rate again and it doesn't come back down. Is that a problem? And again, the answer is yes. This is the adaptability. And so what the neuroinfinity does, it actually measures at the highest level in EEG. It actually, we're actually hooking up the brain docs. Yeah. Dur during stress, during four different stressors, four different recovery periods. And then at the same time, it's measuring HRV. It's measuring respiration rate, heart rate, skin conductance, hand temperature, and SM SMG of the traps. Because we want to see if during stress, okay, during stress, their muscles tense up, which is going to affect their ability to what? Heal and recover, right? We're checking their heart. Okay, we're checking all this stuff to see how, how that's affecting it and, and how stress is affecting their their health at, at the at the foundation. So and uh, when you say putting when you say putting them under stress, what type what are you doing to put them under stress? So we have four different stressors that we do. We, we have a baseline which is just eyes open. And believe it or not, yeah. you go from eyes open, eyes closed. Okay, you should see a difference in stress just from doing yeah. that. We had a race car driver the other day with his eyes open, like he takes in so much information that his muscles went like this, just with his eyes open, right? His heart rate, okay, the start of his heart rate, which is the, the very low frequency HRV, which most, most HRV units don't even measure. We measure frequency. So the very low frequency was, was through the roof. So he's looking at like probably heart damage at some point in his life, unless we get this fixed, right? This is the effect. Yeah. Uh, so then we go to the recovery. Then we do a cognitive test. And this is where so much information can be given. Someone is pushed to make a decision. Their stress levels go through the roof, right? And then after that, what happens during recovery? Okay. Again, they close their eyes. Are they still thinking about that stress? So the, the cognitive stress is a math test basically is what it is. Okay. So I've had math teachers come in and say, well, this is going to be no problem. I can do the math test. Fine. They're super calm during the math test, but guess what happens when they close their eyes after the math test is done and everything should come down, their heart rate should come down, their, their respiration rate should come down. Guess what happens? goes through the roof. Why? Because they're still focused on that, right? They're still focused on that. This is a stress when it shouldn't be a stress. This is These are the imbalances that we find okay, with, with the neuroinfinity. So the next, next one is an emotional stress. And then after recovery, close your eyes. And the next one is a physical stress. Can they intentionally slow their breathing down? And if they can, how does that affect their, their physiologic function? Okay. So, so you could, you could take this in the direction of, you know, concussions and, 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 and uh, you know, car accidents. Uh, you can take this in the direction of athletes. You can take this in the direction of elderly patients that are having cognitive decline. You can use this with kids that have focus problems, ADD or learning disorders, this is the gamut now when we focus on brain and nervous system and we actually measure it and then we develop care plans to correct it. Not only the chiropractic adjustment, which is super important because if you're doing the wrong type of chiropractic adjustment on the wrong type of brain and nervous system, you're actually doing more harm. Okay? And we've, we've proven that. We've got, we've got a doc that has a 27-year-old son getting ready to start chiropractic school for, he's going to be a fourth generation chiropractor. So his dad's a third generation chiropractor. This guy has been getting adjusted since he was, since he was born. We do a neuroinfinity on him. Okay. His heart rate at 27 years old, his resting heart rate is 
was was uh, almost 100 beats per minute. 100 beats per minute. And it didn't go up or down during stress and recovery. Okay, it was flat line. This is a guy that's getting adjusted regularly, right? So we put him on the right type of adjusting, okay, the right type of care at, at home as well. Within six weeks, we've got his resting heart rate down to 90. Okay. Now, obviously more work to do, but we're moving in the right direction, right? So, yeah. so this is, again, I'm going off on a tangent, man. I, I get all excited when I talk brain-based chiropractic. I'm sorry, man, but no, it, it, no, just, no, it just makes little... it super easy for the docs to like, I don't, I don't want to neurodiplomate. Most docs don't, you don't have to. Now you can actually measure the brain and nervous system. Very easy to do. You, you're performing the right type of adjustment. You're, you're, you're implementing things that help them um, improve their adaptability to stress. So it's a, it's a win-win for everyone. You know, what, what I love about it is number one, it's, it's congruency because now your, your, um, your procedure is congruent with your philosophical yeah. premise. Um, and number two, your certainty, you know, um, which is, is something that uh, is, is critical to, to, to practice and, and to life. And also, you know, is a challenge for some chiropractors, that certainty. And when your procedures um, and your philosophy and your science and everything is in alignment, you have certainty. And that's like a magnet. You know, when you have certainty, you can, you can build, you know, your oh, yeah. dream. So, yeah. I mean, I love it. I mean, I, I wish I had access to, to this device, you know, um, when I was when I was practicing. But, look, we ran out of time, but I, I really did uh, find this very, very interesting. I'm going to be looking up the NeuroInfinity, absolutely. Um, and we're going to have your, your, your detail below the, the video and the podcast. But uh, if people wanted to see uh, your stuff or kind of get hold of you, what's the best way for them to do it? Yeah, the best way is probably just go to um... – Go to our website, TrueChiro, it's T-R-U-C-H-I-R-O.org. Uh, you can find me on there. My email's on there. Or if you go to NeuroInfinity, all eyes, no I, NeuroInfinity.com, uh, we've got our calendars on there. You can you can book a call. Happy to get on a call for free for anyone that wants more information or mm. uh, what, what this can do for their practice. And um, you know, same thing with the retention system. If, if any docs want more information on that, take it and run. I'll give you all the information. You want to take it and run, do it. Go. But if you want us to do it too, we can do it easier and simpler. We've, we've fine-tuned this over the course of like seven years. We've got down to a science. But yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you so much for your time. Um, and uh, we will uh, we'll hopefully have you on here again because there's so many different directions we can go. Um, but I appreciate what you're doing. I really do appreciate I, what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, thank you so much for your work too and, and what you're doing to help docs as well. Oh, thanks, Glenn. Well, have a great day, weekend, um, and we'll speak to you again. Bye-bye.